Welcome home to Sycamore Baptist Church. Today's message is entitled, Imago Day." Made in God's image, and we are actually talking about Imago Day this morning, the, which means image of God, the Imago Day. And the, the beautiful thing uh, that you think about when you listen to this resource is a lot of times we get focused in on those unborn babies, babies yet to be born. And we forget those moms. We forget about them. In fact, if we're really honest, we may even look at them and say, well, you know what? Well, they're the villain in this. Look what they did. And we want to judge them. Again, we're talking about Imago Dei, image of God. We are all created in the image of God. And I was reading a couple of studies. One study done by the Guttmacher Institute. It was done in both 1987 and 2004. Now, they, they come up with the most common reason for an abortion. Here it is, unreadiness for a child or another child, an inability to afford a baby. Those were the most important reasons in those studies. Simply unreadiness for a child or another child or the can't afford that child were, were, were the number one reasons. And, and then uh, in 85, another study was done. And guess what? The, the same result, unreadiness to parent, was the reason most often given. Uh, of, of the 1.3 million women who obtained abortions each year, the large majority chose termination as a response to an un- unintended pregnancy. I, I, I wasn't ready for this. It, it was unintended. Um, reason in 2004, the two most common reasons were having, quote, having a baby would dra- dramatically change my life. You figure? <laughs> yes, yeah, absolutely. The, the second most quoted thing was, I can't afford a baby now. Uh, of the known recorded abortions in, U- in the U.S., there have been over 60 million babies. Those are just what's known about. Over 60 million babies taken from the womb. This study was done back in 1973. I was born in 75. Now, I just think about that for a moment. I, I, in 1975, at, at this point in my age, there would be there, there could have been possibly 60 more million lives around me today. Possibly some of those could have been my best friend. Possibly some of those could have been our doctors. Possibly some of those could have been our teachers. Possibly some of those could have been all our neighbors. 60 million lives that are gone today. And it's truly, listen, it's truly heart-wrenching, heartbreaking to hear staggering numbers like those, isn't it? It hurts our hearts because we know God created life. He intricately wove those babies together in those mother's wombs. And so it hurts to hear those numbers. But it even hurts even more to become aware of the most common reasons was simply having a baby would be too inconvenient for me right now. It would dramatically change my life. I, I just can't afford a child right now. But what I want us to think about within this heartbreaking information, there, there is someone, and that's why I love this ministry, there's someone who's been forgotten about when we say these things. We focus, and we should, we focus on the unborn life, the life that was taken, and it hurts us. But can I tell you, there is a lady there who had to make the heart-wrenching, heartbreaking, difficult decision. And we never walked in their shoes. 
We don't know all the, the mitigating circumstances that led to that difficult decision. We don't know the pressure that young lady or that woman may have felt around her life. Maybe even from her own parents. The pressure to make that heart-wrenching decision. And then after the fact, to live with that heart-wrenching decision. And every day, that date comes up. You cannot get around that date. It is a grave reminder of the decision of a young lady that she had to make. Or maybe she felt forced to make. And so within that, yes, we should care about the unborn life. Amen, absolutely. But we should also care about that mom who would have been. She is most likely hurt, broken, confused, walking through life, wondering what if. We must never forget. Yes, those unborn babies were handcrafted by God. They were carefully woven together by him. Everything they were to become was masterfully crafted by God. Those babies were Imago Dei, made in the image of God. That's what Imago Dei means, image of God. They were made in his image. But we must never forget those women who walked into that abortion clinic. They, too, were handcrafted by God. Carefully woven together by him. Everything they could become was masterfully crafted by God. They are Imago Dei. Made in the image of God. And with this in mind, I want you to go to Genesis chapter 1. We'll be reading out of the ESV this morning. Genesis chapter 1 verses 26 through 28. Read along with what God says when he created us, human, uh, humanity, humankind. In verse 26 of God's absolute truth, he says this. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female. He created them and God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. Lord, I love you so much. I am so in awe of you. I love you. Praise you. I magnify you. I thank you for, for bringing to us ministries this month that, that you, are, you are calling out to us not to hold on to, but to ask you, Lord, what can I give? What would you have me give, Lord? Maybe that's money. Maybe it's time. Maybe it's to volunteer for a ministry like this. God, what can we give to you? Because ultimately that's who we're giving to. God, we want glory. We want to praise your name. We don't lift you on high. We want, to we want to let everybody know and make your name known to the world. God, we need you, Holy Spirit, to empower us, to strengthen us, to guide us, to teach us, to train us, to send us. We can't do this on our own. We have not the ability. And Lord, I ask you, 
for the next few moments just to let me allow me to be your vessel. Use me as you see fit. Use me for your glory. Remove any opinions I might have and let it simply rest on your absolute truth this morning. Let us hear what you have for us to say. Let us listen. Let us be challenged. The God challenging is, telling us isn't enough. Lord, let us, let us change, Lord. Let us let go of the things that we're holding on to and, and let you work in our lives the way you, are, you want to, the way you're, you desire to, Lord. We love you. We praise you in the matchless name of Jesus Christ. And all God's children said, amen. So one of the things about our culture, and probably if we're honest, one of the things about ourselves is that we are quick to call out the problems and the hangups and the flaws of other people. Our culture is really quick to call out any flaw that we have. And if we're honest, so are we. We might call out, our culture's quick to call out the skin color that we have. They're quick to call out the speech that we, that we have. They're quick to call out our hangups. They're quick to call out our many sins. And if we're honest, we have been too. We're quick to make a, a rash judgment call based simply and solely on what we see. Never taking the moment or the time to know the person and what they're walking through, what they're going through. That's why I love what you said, Melody, about talking about your, you think Lord urge you to get in front of those women and talk to those women and get to learn their story, their story, their life. We all have flaws. We all have failures. We can all look in our closet and see, see things that we've done that we want to jam back in the back and shut the door because we don't want anybody else to look into that closet. Amen? We've all got that closet. We all have issues. We all have hang-ups. We've all disobeyed oh, disobey God. We've all sinned. But underneath all of our mess, there's still something intrinsically valuable Somehow, some way, though marred it may have become, we are still Imago Day in the image of God. Wow. Every person on the planet is Imago Day made in the image of God. Even though we've made a mess of ourselves, we're still Imago Day. Somewhere there we are. God created us that way. And there's a lot we can talk about when we talk about the image of God and how we were created. But what I want to focus on here is, is the uniqueness of humanity. The fact that no other being, no other creature on the planet was made a mago day. Only us. Only humanity. God's crowning achievement. Look again at verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in what? Our image. Mago Day. After what? Our likeness. Mago Day. It goes on in 27. So God created man in what? His own image. Mago Day. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Not any other living thing has been created 
in the image of God. Not a bird, not a cow, not a dog, not a cat, not a monkey. Amen? Nothing else is a mago day. No other living thing was created that way. No tree, no flower, no plant, no nothing except humanity. That's it. Humanity. We were created in the image of God. Nothing else was. So the, the idea that our culture tries to devalue hum humanity is ridiculous. We are God's crowning achievement. God created us unique and special and for a divine purpose. Genesis chapter 1. We're going to go we're going to go really fast so you may just want to look on the screen. We're going to go through Genesis 1. We're going to go through 1 and uh, 1 and 2 and we're going through different verses here. I want you to just look for a moment how God created everything. I want you to see this. In verse 1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void and darkness was over the face of the deep and the spirit of God was hover, hovering over the face of the waters. Out of the nothingness that existed, God created that's what we're seeing. And then verse 3, and God expands in the midst of the waters and let it separate the waters from the waters. God happened. It was so. Verse 9, and God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered to one place and let the, let the dry land appear. And what? It was so. God simply God said, let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed and fruit trees bearing fruit in which there is their seed, each according to to its kind on the earth. And, and it was so, right? God said it and it was created. He spoke it into being. Look at 14 and 15. And God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night and let them be for signs and for seasons and let them be lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light upon the earth. And it was so, right? God simply said it and he he did it. It was, it was created. It was formed. Look across the expanse of the heavens. And verse 24, again, verse 24 says, And God said, Let the earth bring forth living creatures according to created them. See, there's a big difference. We see God saying it, and it was so. He said it, it was so. Over and over again, he said it, and it was so. And then comes man. Then God said, like any good Baptist would, let's hold a meeting. Let's discuss how we're going to make man. God, God had a meeting with himself, he the Father, with the Son, Jesus Christ, and God the Holy Spirit, the triune God, all came together and considered making humanity in a unique and very special way. This is our triune God, the three in one at work. God is only one God, amen? Found in three distinct realities, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the three in one. And in his triune nature, he discusses the pinnacle of his creative work here. Let us, let us make man in our own image. You know, we, he just spoke everything else and it was so, but, but here, let's, let's stop for a moment. Let us make man in a unique and special way. In Imago Dei, in, in our image, the image of God. And where this brings me to an illustration. Whether you are um, 
you know, you're a married couple and you're, 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 you just found out you're pregnant. You know, you're going to have this child coming in roughly nine months or you're an adoptive parent and you go through the process of adoption and you know, the child's going to be placed in your home. Uh, A loving family would do this, right? And you can remember, I'm sure most of us did this. When you knew a brand new life was coming into your home, what happened to your home? It got renovated, HTTV style, right? I mean, like all of a sudden it's this fixer-upper all in that one room. Doesn't matter if the rest of the house looks like a dump, but that room for that baby is going to be unique. It's going to be special. And, And we did the same with my kids. Uh, you know, both our first child and Dylan, I guess we just, we, we slapped some extra paint. I don't know. You're the second child. It's different. It's different. You know, and then, and then, and then we had two, two adopted kids, you know, our younger kids and they come in. So we, so we also had them prepare the house and make it like, we didn't care for our own kids if they stuck their fingers in sockets. But when the adopted kids come in, you got to make sure they don't lightning bolt themselves. Right. So now you got to protect the house. But what do we do? We go in the, go in the rooms and we're going to make everything extra special. And I can remember this. We, we paint the room. We get the brand new baby crib. Or someone gave us their crib. And we get that crib ready. We make sure that crib is not rickety and rackety, right? We try to get it. Oh, it's got to be safe for my baby. And we get that, that crib right. And we might decorate with words or different, different murals on the wall. And, and we get a mobile, the, the perfect mobile to spin around our baby's head, you know. I don't know why babies like that, but that would just scare me. But we get the perfect mobile above their head and, and we get everything just right, don't we? Why? Because we want everything that baby needs provided for. We want it to be perfect. We want everything to be perfect for that child when that child comes into the home. Can I tell you, that's what a good parent would do. And our father is a good, good father. He's a great parent. Amen. He's a great parent. And he's the only, in fact, he's the only perfect daddy. No flaw in our God. And his, in, in creating this universe, in this world, you know what he was doing? He was creating our baby room. That's what he was doing. Why don't you think about this for a moment? He gave us everything we would need right in that nursery. Everything we could possibly ever need was right there in that nursery. You needed baby formula? Hey, look, here's every seed-bearing fruit. You, you can eat any of these things except that one, but you can eat all the rest. It's all there for you. It's everything you'll ever need. It's right there. Uh, no need for a stuffed animal. You've got all these other animals walking around that you can play with and lay down next to. They're all there for you. And it's perfect and it's beautiful. No, 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 I gave you water too because it's not only beautiful to look at and you can wash with it, but you'll drink it too. It's, it's everything you're going to need. And, and don't worry about that, that fake mobile. I gave you a beautiful mobile. You can look up at the space and you can see the stars as they twinkle around and dance around your head. It's everything you'll ever need. And I created it all for you. That's what he did for Adam and Eve. That's what he did for us. That was his original intent right there. Perfect. Providing for us everything we needed. And and it's just gorgeous. But we know the history. Adam messed it up. He messed it up. I don't know why. Anyone would listen to a talking serpent. But someone did. 
And now sin's entered the world and death's entered the world and, and things have changed. We had to be moved out of the nursery. But you know what? God's heart is still the same heart. He still wants to provide everything you need. He still wants to. And he will one day if you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, he'll do that for you. It was in that garden we learned from Scripture where God would walk with us in the cool of the day. Just like any loving parent, God longed to be with His creation. He longed to be with us. He wanted to spend time with us, hold us, talk with us, teach us, guide us, and provide for us. This was and is God's intent for His crowning achievement, His Imago Dei, for us to be in a loving relationship with Him, our Heavenly Father, Look at Genesis 2. It gives us a closer glimpse of how God created us in verse 7 and 8. Genesis 2, verse 7 and 8. Then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living creature. And the Lord God planted a garden, the nursery, right, in the east. And there he put the man which he had formed. Our God spoke everything else into existence. He spoke it. It was so. But when it came to you and I, humanity, when it came to creating, he active, didn't he? He got down in the dirt that he had formed, that he had created. And out of that dirt, he began to create his crowning achievement. It's amazing to think about. Our holy and perfect God. Getting a little dirt on his knees. A little dirt on his elbows because we're that important to him. Amen. He, he, he got down in the dirt he created to form his crowning achievement. He loved us so much. Then he did something he also had never done before. He breathed life into Adam. No other living thing. Did God breathe life into? He spoke it into existence. But here, this Imago Day is crowning achievement. He not only forms a humanity, he breathes life into humanity. Don't you see that when you look and we read Genesis 1, we're seeing all of creation leading up to this moment. Everything else is created for the room to be perfect, for the nursery to be ready, for, for his Imago date to arrive, for humanity to, to arrive so that God would, would be in a relationship with his creation, which he longs for still, to walk in the cool of the day with us, to provide everything we need. Now, I have no idea how you imagine God thinking about you, but this is what God did for us. This is how God looks at his creation. I know you and I can think about it, and we do. And, and, and you know what? I, I'm thankful for the word of God because the word of God is a mirror into our lives. And when we look into the mirror of the word of God, we see who we really are. And we do see our flaws and our hangups and our sins and our disobedience. And we need to deal with that. And we praise God for that. I don't know why anybody wants to go to church where no one ever tells them about, hey, look, look, there's some sins out there. and We need to deal with them. That's not, I mean, I don't, I want to deal with my sin. I'm just telling you. Some people say, man, you stomped on my toes. I said, and, and I said, well, you know what? God's word stomped on mine too. 
all week long preparing this sermon. God was chomping on my toes. You know why? Because I'm not perfect either. And God's doing a work in my life. And so I praise God for that. But a lot of times we get so focused on everything that we do wrong, we forget how much God loves us. And why He created us. And how He created us. Sure, we messed up. Just as Adam ate of that forbidden fruit, so have we all sinned. We have all ran outside and played in the mud when God told us not to. Amen? We've all got dirt on us from what we've disobeyed God in doing. We've all messed up. We can't just blame Adam. We do it every day. Our, our clothes are stained in our own filth. Yet under all of that, there's a reality. Though distorted and marred, it may be covered and corrupted, yet it's still there. We are made in the image of God. We are still His crowning achievement, and He still longs to walk in the cool of the day with us. He still desires for us to live in a loving relationship with Him. I'm just going to close with a few verses. And I want you just to think about these verses. See, I don't know where you are. You know, honestly, deep down, you know. And God knows where you stand with him. Are you in a committed, loving relationship with Jesus? Or are you not? And you listen to God's word and you realize he wants to be in a loving relationship with you. He created you. You are Imago Dei. You are made in His image. He loves you. He, he had a plan for you, and we all messed it up. But you know what? God has another plan for you. He wants to bring you back into the fold. He wants to bring you to heaven to live with Him forever. Where guess what? Once again, He'll walk in the cool of the day with you. He'll provide everything you ever needed. He'll be there for you. This is what God longs for all of His creation, because all of His creation is Imago Dei. So listen to these verses. Romans 5, 8. But God shows his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Yes, we all messed up, but God still longs for us to live in a loving relationship with him. John 1, 10 through 13. He was in the world, talking about Jesus, who is God, and the world was made through Jesus Yet the world did not know him. Look at the next one. He came to his own and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to what? To be back in a loving relationship with him. His desire for you. His Imago Dei, he gave the right to become children of God, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of whom? God. You see, we know John 3, 16, but think about it this way. For God so loved the world that he gave us something. He first gave us, in Genesis 1, everything we would ever need, a perfect existence, a utopia, a perfect nursery where he would be in a close relationship with us and he would provide everything we needed right there. But that was messed up. That was messed up. So God gave something else. For God so loved the world that he gave 
something else. And that something else was what? Jesus Christ, his one and only son. Who then chose to do what God did back in Genesis to get his hands and his knees a little dirty. You see, God gave us everything in that garden. He laid us down in the most perfect place we could ever be. Can you imagine what that nursery would have been like? Perfect. But when God sent his son, God sent his son to a feeding trough. That's what that manger means. That's what that manger is. It's a place. It's, it's a thing that the, the animals, the livestock ate from. God would send his only son to that when he gave us everything. But he gives us everything again. And he gives us his, of his only son. Who chose to get dirty again and live in, the, and live in this world over 2000 years ago and commit no sin, no disobedience to God at all. What we cannot do. And died on the cross for every one of our mess ups, hang ups, sins, and disobedience to God. Praise God. Why? Because just like his heart was in Genesis 1, his heart is today. He longs to live in a loving relationship with his creation. He is Imago Day. Praise God. Jesus' life was given so that whoever believes in him should never perish. And I will tell you, that is an eternal perishing in a real place called hell. Without eternal life and without, without eternal bliss in heaven, without that relationship with God, it's forever separated from him. You don't have to be, you don't have to do that. You believe, you commit your life to Christ. You don't have to worry about that. You'll live in a loving relationship with God forever. Jesus came for us all. He died for us all. And he rose for us all. Why? Because those unborn children are Mago Day. For those moms who walked in that abortion clinic, they're Mago Day. For everyone sitting in here and, and everywhere else in the world, we are all Imago Day. And Jesus came to save anyone and everyone who will commit their lives to him, who will, to, who will trust Jesus with their very soul. Say, I'm yours. Forgive me for my disobedience. I'm yours from this day forward. I'm going to live in a loving relationship that you intended for me from now on and, and on into eternity. So I remind us, instead of being quick to judge people, being quick to condemn others, may we see all people as image bearers of our mighty God. May we see them all as people God has handcrafted for a divine purpose. People he created and people he longs to have a loving relationship with. So the next time you see somebody, and let's be honest, we do it. You can... You can be all spiritual you want. You can get on your spiritual high horse and pretend you don't. We've all done it. We've all made a judgment call based simply off what we saw. And we reacted to that judgment call simply based off what we saw. But what we should be seeing is the Mago Day. No matter who they are we're looking at, we should see that's a Mago Day. That's somebody that God handcrafted. They were made in God's image just like I was. God loves them and God longs for a relationship with them. So why aren't, why aren't I going over there and loving them too? Why aren't I over there trying to, to minister to them, to share the gospel with them? Why aren't I over there trying to help them, to, to point them to God?
to point them to Jesus. Because by the way, he is the he is it. You can chase anything else you want, and you still end up with nothing an eternal hell separated. Or you can have Jesus and end up with everything. Amen. So I, I, Revelation 3.20, and then I'll pray for us. Hear the heart. Just hear the heart. Come on, come on, hear the heart of God. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come to him, come into him, and eat with him, and he with me. Guys, if you have not a relationship with Jesus Christ, you have nothing. Please accept Jesus Christ today. Thank you for joining us. We pray you enjoy today's message from God's Word. For more information about us and our church, please visit us at www.sycamorebc.com.